Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hour number two, Sunday night. It is week eight. It is also the break from the World Series as they transition from Arlington to Phoenix, where the Diamondbacks will host the next few games. Uh, And it's definitely going five, at least in the World Series. Two very different games from Friday and Saturday night. We'll try to work in some baseball uh, later this hour, if not sometime before the end of the show. But yeah, we're just scratching the surface on the main storylines from week eight in the NFL. It's a jackpot. It's, It's not only... The craziness that we love about the NFL where you don't know what's going to happen from week to week. Uh, You really don't know what's going to happen from half to half, as I like to say. But the other challenge, uh, the reason I call it a jackpot is because right now, let's say you play fantasy or you're just trying to to keep up with the, the rosters that are losing guys and changing and next man up. Again, always a feature in the NFL, but with the trade deadline looming and with the fact that We've got some division races right now. And I I feel like as we get to about the midway point, we can start looking at division races. There are some uber tight division standings and races that are going to play out through the second half, which is why this trade deadline, some people call for it to be later in the year, but why this trade deadline is so strategic. Now, it's not quite as nutty as Major League Baseball, End of July, how often teams are making these huge splashes with trades to try to bolster their position or give them a pitcher or a closer or a bat, blah, blah, blah. In the NFL, it's a little more nuanced. But there is definitely an opportunity to meet needs right now. And we've seen a few teams that are sellers, if you will. Though the Titans are not planning to move Derrick Henry, which was a report. The teams were calling about Derrick Henry and were interested in trading for him with the Titans. That's not going to happen, even though they've lost their starting quarterback or they did for this week. Maybe they decide they want to stick with the rookie, Will Levis. Either way, it's a bit of a jackpot this week because we'll be through week eight. We've got some incredible division races that are going to shape out funky through the the second half of the season. And then in addition to that, there's this opportunity for teams to make moves. We'll see who's opportunistic. But the question we're asking you, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, because there are plenty, there are teams that need quarterbacks that believe they are still contenders. And if they believe that, then where do they look? Brian responds with this tweet, A-Law Radio. Teams should start by calling Arizona about Kyler Murray. 
They just gave Kyler Murray a fat contract in the desert. But I think that's one team, safe to say, is not harboring championship expectations. And this is due in large part, you would think, theoretically, to the fact that they don't have their starting quarterback. Now, I don't know. Is Jonathan Gannon, now he's just the coach, he's not the general manager, but is Jonathan Gannon... The the right guy to work with Kyler Murray. We know that it didn't work with Cliff Kingsbury. But Gannon and and Kyler have said some real positive things together. They just haven't played together yet. They haven't been they haven't been able to work together in a game setting. Whenever Kyler comes back, and he is on, he is available to practice now. So he's he's off of IR. He's in that window where he can practice with the team. And they either have to make him active or then they have to put him on the season-ending IR, right? So they've got this window here where they can decide whether or not they want to use him again, whether or not he's ready to go. But at 1-7, in seven, if they don't think that Kyler Murray is the answer for the future, maybe they're having buyer's remorse, maybe because it's a new regime and a new quarterback or new coach, excuse me, maybe they want to start fresh in the draft next year. I don't know. It's tough. Tough call when you're one and seven, you haven't had Kyler. But do teams at least reach out and ask? He does have a skill set, right? He does have the ability to extend plays and use his legs. <laughs> kind of tough. You don't want him to be a running quarterback now. We know he can throw the ball. It's just how quickly could he get acclimated to a new team and when is he available? So I, I don't know how many teams who need a quarterback right now are reaching out about Kyler Murray because you don't know when he's going to be able to play or medically until you can evaluate him himself, uh, yourself. I did see another tweet that I thought was smart too, though, about Ted Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. Is he an option? Is he, I don't want to say the most experienced backup quarterback, but is he one that a team might be willing to take a flyer on? You're not going to give up a lot to get him. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time, but he's with the Lions too, and and they definitely have championship aspirations. So would they give up Teddy Bridgewater? What if something happens to Jared Goff? So I like those two veteran names. Just not sure if you if you're either one of those teams, Arizona or Detroit that you give that you give up your backup QB. That's kind of the part that's scary because if you do have a team that you think can win, and in the case of Arizona that's just different because they don't know what they have with Kyler and Jonathan Gannon together, they haven't seen it yet. But if you do have championship aspirations and you have a veteran starting a veteran backup quarterback, you're probably holding on to him, especially if you got him for relatively cheap, because you don't know if your quarterback might go down. Then what would you do? It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. Good to connect with you. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. 
It's a tough quarter. It's a tough quarterback crowd. It's a tough. It's a tough position anyway, but it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is a. An answer that puts you. Over the top, say that, and that's that's not even the right phrase. That puts you in a position where you feel like you're not giving up a lot. So we'll get to that and more of your answers on both Twitter and Facebook. But just this trade deadline that's looming on Tuesday. Now, just before the top of the hour, we talked about Bengals Niners. Bengals have now won three in a row. Burrow looks. Completely comfortable, like the Joe Burrow, and fired up, too, by the way. Niners have dropped three in a row. And so you've got two teams that are going the opposite direction. That was one game between the AFC North and the NFC West. Now, this was also the after-hours game of the week, according to you, Bengals and Niners. And I would say that the Bengals lived up to that expectation. The Niners, not so much. But remember, we kind of talked about how The same two divisions, you had the second-place teams. Browns were tied with Pittsburgh, but you had the second-place teams in Cleveland and Seattle who wanted to fortify their positions, either keep pace in their division or potentially, in the case of the Seahawks, take over first place if everything fell their direction. And yes, Seattle jumped out to a 14-0 lead. With a couple of touchdown drives around a, you know, P.J. Walker. There's another thing. There's another backup quarterback, right? P.J. Walker in for Deshaun Watson. And we don't know when Deshaun is going to be available. Gosh, it sounds like that's potentially a much bigger problem than just Deshaun being injured. I don't know. The, the rumblings about him playing and when he's ready. And it just, I don't know. If I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm nervous. So, Seattle jumps out of this 14-0 lead. They take advantage of a P.J. Walker sack and a fumble. I like more and more what I see from Jake Bobo, the rookie, starting to get comfortable and be confident. Tyler Lockett, we know he and Geno have a fantastic rapport in just a couple of years. But Cleveland does rally to tie this game at 17 midway through the fourth quarter. And take the lead on a pair of field goals. So this is what I was talking about last week with the Browns. They're not going to bash your head in and run away with a a big blowout. That's just generally not who they are right now without Deshaun Watson. But also, they're more gritty. They're a little gutsy. They're they're winning because they're fighting and scratching and clawing, and it's going to be ugly most of the time. And that's okay. I mean, last week, goodness, they scored 39 points. But their defense gave up 38, right? So they're they're not blowing teams out. But they show up and they play hard. They've got some, obviously, some talent that could play on any team. Like a Miles Garrett, for instance. And he's he's just one example, so don't be yelling at me. But Cleveland will put up a fight every time, and I like that. And so the Browns... Play the ball control game, even without Nick Chubb, without Jerome Ford. They play the ball control game in the second half. And those two field goal drives that are sandwiched around a Geno Smith interception, they take up 10 minutes. 10 minutes off the clock. 
I know you end up with field goals, and that's frustrating too because you wanted to punch the ball into the end zone. But if you keep the ball away for 10 minutes, you are able to commute the crowd a little bit. Now, they're, the 12s are, are self-starters, if you will, and so they'll keep cheering regardless. But gosh, it's hard to cheer at the top of your lungs for 10 minutes when your opponent has the ball. And so you you keep the offense on the sidelines and you kind of, you, well, you force the issue with the Seahawks defense and maybe you lull the crowd to sleep a little bit. So Cleveland is up 20 to 17 and they've got the ball. Wow. Sitting pretty here, right? Cleveland up 20 to 17 and they've got the ball just before the two-minute warning. This is an opportunity for them to get another win, break that tie, second place tie in the AFC North. I mean, it was right there for the taking. So here we go. The 12s decked out in their throwbacks are on their feet. The players on the sidelines are asking for noise. They're getting it. Third down and three. Walker from the shotgun. Slots to both sides. Ford in the backfield. Walker's going to throw. Ball tipped up in the air. Ball is intercepted by Love. Love gets it just inside the 45-yard line. The Seahawks defense does it again. They do what they have to do. They tip the ball up. Geno from the shotgun. Lock it wide to the far side. JSN. He gets the throw near side. Turns out field. Got a blocker. Touchdown, Seahawks. No flags. DK Metcalf with a great block. Jackson Smith and Jigba turns upfield and takes it in the front corner of the end zone. What a drive by the Hawks. Thank you, Julian Love, for the pick. <laughs> and Seattle goes back on top, 23-20. to How about that? The Browns were two minutes away. They were trying to protect a lead in Seattle, and Julian Love picks off P.J. Walker, the third Cleveland turnover, so we know that's a challenge. That's that's one of the issues with not having Deshaun Watson, though. I know the last time we saw him, he threw an interception, but P.J. Walker is going to have turnovers. That's just part of the equation with P.J. And so Julian Love picks him off. Two minutes to go, and Geno Smith looks like a world beater on the next possession. It, well, when they take the ball over, he they're in obviously in a, a quick strike mode, right? They're in hurry up mode. He goes four for five on that drive and finds Jackson Smith and Jigba with 38 seconds to go with the go ahead touchdown. And the Seattle D is able to hold and get this with the Niners loss. The Seahawks take over first place, a uh, first place in the West. And this is despite, if you look at all the stats, the majority of them favor Cleveland. But just in the end, the turnovers, oh gosh, they can feel like a kick below the belt. All the work that you've done and it goes for naught. But yeah, Pete Carroll, the 12s, they're loving this. First place in the NFC West. Really big day for us. Uh, fantastic illustration of hanging and staying in it and, and keeping the belief going. Uh and giving us ourselves a chance to, to win a football game. Um, a beautiful illustration of that. It went all, I don't know, 30 seconds or something like that took to, to win a football game. <laughs> hanging. A beautiful example of hanging. I like it. Pete Carroll, he could coach a water bottle and a pair of socks in the backfield. They could make the I formation. 
<laughs> the water bottle and the socks are like bunched up in a ball and they're at the top of the eye. <laughs> yep, you know, for those of you who bunch your, your socks up in a ball and just throw them into the drawer or into the laundry. <laughs> Steve Rabel, by the way, the voice of the Seattle Seahawks on their radio network. And so they moved to five and two. They're in first place because they're hanging. And the Browns miss a major opportunity. At four and three now, they're tied with the Steelers and the Bengals. But this was the chance for them on the road to once again fight scratch claw. I think build some more character. I know sometimes you wonder why the heck do we have to build more character? Um, but yeah, this one is it, it's gotta feel like it got away from them at the worst possible time. It's frustrating, you know, but we needed you know, one more stop. Gotta gotta make those plays uh when we need them most and uh you know, when you're out there, you gotta you gotta make the most of your, out of your opportunities. You know, we didn't start off fast. You know, we got down to you know big deficit. We fought out of it, but you know you gotta fight the whole 60 minutes. That's disappointing, but uh, you know I was obviously pleased with how we fought out of it. Um, but we you know we can't turn the ball over. That's uh, continuing to hurt us. Uh, so we gotta find ways to not turn it over. And you know uh, after. Uh, early in the game, defense really settled in, um, but ultimately just didn't get the job done, and, and, and it's frustrating. But uh, we'll learn from it, and then we're moving on and got one at home next week. Miles Garrett and Kevin Stefanski, man, so close to them picking up a win and being 5-2 and two instead of 4-3. and three. And in the AFC North, man, every inch of this season is critical. The Ravens, and we'll get to the Ravens, they're 6-2. and two. The Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, all four and three. So why don't we do this? It wasn't just the Niners who had another, I consider it relatively stunning loss. Not because I don't think the Bengals are a good team, but because of how the Niners played and the turnovers that keep mounting. And did someone say turnovers? Well, that would be where the Chiefs are. Did you see how many turnovers the Chiefs had on Sunday? On the road. I'm not telling you the Broncos are a good team, but you hand... Any bad team in the NFL, five giveaways or they take the ball away five times. You may be Patrick Mahomes. You may be Travis Kelsey. And no, this has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. You may be one of the best offenses in the league. But that's five possessions that you wasted. And it's five extra possessions you gave to your opponent. So misery loves company. We'll get to Broncos Chiefs and then... Wanted you to hear a little bit of the Bengals Niners post game too. That's pretty significant. Two teams going in the opposite direction. We're mixing it up. We're breaking all the rules on this edition of the show on Twitter after hours CBS. If you're a team looking for a quarterback and you've got inside of 48 hours until the trade deadline, where do you look? Jer says at this point, the Canadian Football League. Yeah, I mean that or didn't Justin Pugh say something about how he just he he was on the couch just a few days ago and he came back into the NFL from his couch? I mean, maybe that's where you have to be looking is is different leagues or guys who maybe weren't intending to retire but were just hanging out on the couch because they had no other options. Matt Ryan was on the call on oh, CBS at the Giants game. I he looked pretty good. I swear to you, I was <laughs> just going to say that. I was like, Matt Ryan told us he's not officially retired. Is he still available? On Facebook, I didn't think it would take long. It 
didn't take very long at all for James to say, sign Brady. Go sign Tom Brady. Jay, did you think of that? Because your reaction would seem to indicate that you did not. I didn't really. I kind of, <laughs> I've kind of dismissed him. You've dismissed him? Well, just in fact that the idea that he could come back. I don't think he's coming back anymore. All right. So Tom Brady was the suggestion of James on Facebook. And Tom, Next question. Tom says Jameis Winston. Uh, no, so so that's a good one. I like that one, Tom. That's a great suggestion because why? Derek Carr right now is healthy, but it, let's just say you you don't want to give away your backup QB because you're worried about your starter getting hurt. But they also have Taysom Hill, and Taysom Hill is a weapon. Two more touchdowns today. I know the Saints don't love him being their primary arm, their primary thrower. But if you have to, Taysom Hill can certainly play the position, and he is. He's a load. He's like a uh, Josh Allen load. Not as big, but he's a load. So he can run the football. He could obviously throw it. But even so, you have to respect both skills. So that's a good one, Tom. I'm not sure you could... That There might not be a better answer than that one in, among current NFL QBs. So on Twitter or Facebook, also... Our phone number, 855-212-4227. We're mixing and matching today. Gosh, no teams on by. Just a lot going on. I promise you before the end of the hour, we'll also get to the Steelers and the Ravens. We'll do that at the back half. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Williams is the running back. Shades to the short side, left side of the field. In the shotgun. Wilson takes it. Sprint out action to the right. Now he wants to throw it back left. He's got Williams on a baby screen, slamming his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver Broncos. Four-man pressure. Russell in the pocket. Floats one in the back of the end zone. He's got Judy. Judy runs underneath it. Touchdown, Denver. Slams the football on the east sideline bearer. 
Jerry's first touchdown reception of the year with 11.51 to go in the second quarter, 13-3 Broncos. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody on After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Sometimes it's a tale of two halves in the NFL, but in the case of the Kansas City Chiefs, both halves on Sunday in Denver were equally brutal. You don't often see the Chiefs look this bad, so give credit to the Denver Broncos. We did find out that Patrick Mahomes was dealing with the flu. He actually popped up on the injury report Sunday because he was dealing with the flu, uh, but he wanted to go out there. He wanted to play, did not look like himself, but he's just one man. Two field goals and three turnovers. That's not a great ratio for the Chiefs in the first half in Denver. Plus, they're 0 for 3 in the red zone. So they rack up nearly 200 yards, but they come away with almost nothing to show for it. Meanwhile, Denver opens up with a touchdown drive. Russ is able to find Javante Williams. And then Jerry Judy also has a score, and he does so after a fumble or one of those turnovers for Kansas City. So the Broncos, they're not going to blow blow you out of the water with 50 points or the 70 that the Dolphins hung on them earlier in the season. But if you give them opportunities, uh, they can take care of the football. And I think they're building confidence. With Sean Payton, they look a little more cohesive. Right, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, the reports have been they really like working together. They're finding uh, a rhythm. And you've got a bunch of young guys who are interested in in keeping their jobs. Do you know Justin Simmons is the longest tenured Bronco? And that goes back to the 16 draft. So much of the roster has turned over in the last five to six years for obvious reasons. Because the Broncos haven't had a winning season since they won Super Bowl 50. That's how long it's been. And it's been even longer since they had beaten the Chiefs. A 16-game skid against Kansas City. But going back to last week where they were able to end their dubious skid or dubious streak of games in which they could not protect a second-half lead and were finally able to win at home under Sean Payton, maybe the expectations need to be ratcheted up just a little bit. Just a, just a little bit. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. 14-9 Denver after the third quarter, but a major... I'll call it a turning point, at least in the second half, is when Kansas City muffs a punt and then Denver recovers instantly in the red zone. And so Russell Wilson finds Cortland Sutton. It's a six-yard touchdown. It's no big thing. It pads the lead, and now it's 21-9. to And if you're the Chiefs, well, you got to find some offense quickly. Of course, it's Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs can do that, right? But the Denver defense... As much as it doesn't get a ton of attention, and why would it in the shadow of Russell Wilson's enormous contract, that Denver defense can come up with a stop or two. This is a fourth and 28. (laughs) You don't hear that often. Takes the snap. Mahomes in the pocket. In trouble. Tries to climb a stiff arms. Bonito throws the ball on the run. That ball is intercepted. Justin Simmons. Simmons in Kansas City territory. Get out of bounds, Justin. His sixth interception of Patrick Mahomes. Five Kansas City turnovers in the game. Well, that tells the story, does it not? 
Dave Logan on Broncos Radio. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. So Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they managed to get a victory over the Chiefs that ends a 16-game skid. In fact, Patrick Mahomes, just the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, they don't lose in the AFC West very often. And so for them to be able to not only take the lead, keep the lead, protect the lead, but also make Mahomes and the offense look middling, it was a really impressive win for them. So, yeah, cool to end the winning streak. But what is the uh, losing streak? I guess the winning streak for Kansas City. Uh, but what is this Russell Wilson talking about how the Broncos are still very much alive in the AFC? We set the standard today by, by how good we can be. Um, and, you know, we're gonna, we've are got a lot more season left. We, I've been saying to you guys it's a process, it's a journey. Um, but we believe. We believe in, in who we are. We believe in... Um, the players that we have, we believe in coaching staff that we have, we believe in the determination and resilience that we have. Um, we believe in just um, this organization and where we can go and what we can do, and we're going to stay the course. Broncos are 3-5 and five right now, though they have won back-to-back games. And for Russ, three touchdowns, a fumble, also got sacked six times. But a win is a win is a win is a win. Last Denver win over Kansas City, are you ready for this? 2,965 days ago. (laughs) No, I did not do the math. I heard that on NFL Network. I think it was Andrew Siciliano who dropped it, so I wrote it down right away. Last time that Denver beat the Chiefs, September of 2015. It's been more than eight years, obviously, because they play twice a year in that 16 games. Holy cannoli. As for Mahomes, he was fighting through illness. He was listed on the injury report with the flu. He said he just wanted to go go out there and do the best that he possibly could, but it, it didn't go according to plan. Obviously, it's uh, the worst I felt walking out of that stadium. So, uh, th- I mean, it's a great environment. I actually have a lot of fun playing here. Um, the fans are awesome. Um, they enjoy the game. They know the game. Um, but uh, it just kind of is what it is. They beat us. They were the better football team today. Um, and I give them their props. Five turnovers. I think that's the obvious. 0-3 in the red zone. Um, 17 points. We gave them really off of turnovers. Great field position. Uh, I take full responsibility for it. You know, the guys, uh, I saw things tonight that I, or this afternoon, that I haven't seen before uh, from the guys. So um, that's my responsibility to make sure they're right and uh, we weren't right today. How about that? Andy Reid says, I saw things from the guys, meaning his guys, that he hasn't seen before. And yeah, a lot of times that would speak to preparation. They're reacting in situations and they're doing the wrong thing because they're not ready for those situations. Now, five turnovers is still five turnovers. And for the Chiefs, they dropped to six and two. So now... Tied with the Dolphins and the Ravens and the Jaguars for best record in the AFC. How about that? Every single team that's a division leader in the AFC right now is 6-2. and two. You want to talk about a wide open race for the number one seed in the bye? When I say jackpot, that's part of what I'm referring to. That is, it's going to be phenomenal to watch play out over the next, what is it, nine weeks still to go? Now, as for the misery of the Chiefs, part of it is because they didn't play the way they know they're capable of. And I would say that's the exact same thing for the San Francisco 49ers. 
these are two teams that have Super Bowl aspirations, right? Two teams that have a very high standard because of their recent past. And for Kyle Shanahan, I think the frustration for him as he's expressed is that we have what we need. We know who we are. We can play a hell of a lot better. We've gotten away with a number of stuff on our win streak, and we haven't in these last three weeks. And I still believe we've had every chance to win all three of these games. The time for panic is definitely, you know, not now. I think urgent is, need to be urgent, but they beat us today, and um, it should piss everyone off, and it does. And we, like I said, we got the right guys to, you know, get a little bit of rest and come back hungry as ever. So just a reminder, the Niners were 3-4 and four going into their bye last year. Okay, so it was it was after week seven, not after week eight, but they were three and four. They were under five hundred. They had lost Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, or they were about to lose Jimmy Garoppolo. They hadn't traded for Christian McCaffrey yet, so they they do have what they need. And Kyle Shanahan points out we've we've maybe not taken care of our business, but we've gotten away with it against other teams. We did not get away with it against the Bengals. And then you hear Christian say, we're not going to panic, but yeah, there's definitely some urgency. As for Brock Purdy, another game in which he has multiple turnovers, three of them on Sunday. Obviously, I want to be better, you know, for this team, for this organization, um, just taking care of the ball in some crucial parts of the games. Um, you know, that's that's the NFL, man. It comes down to it. You're not going to just blow teams out every week. It's you take care of the ball, and you got to play good team team uh, football. And, um, you know, that's where I'm at with that. But in terms of, yeah, you have three losses, and as a quarterback, you take a lot. I take that on myself uh, where I could be better for this team and helping us win. Um, but, man, like who I am and what I stand for, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't change. You know, everyone can say what they want, but I know who I am as a person. And, um, you know, my faith, my relationship with God is the most important. And, I'm going to continue to rely on that. It's gotten me to this point in my life, and I'll always be be with God and, and stand firm with God. So, um, you know, he'll take care of me regardless. The thing is, is the quarterback is always going to receive the blend, like the, the brunt of the, the criticism. But Brock is like the least of my worries. Hmm. Brock is made of the right stuff. Yeah, can he protect the ball better? Sure. But he's the reason why we have a chance to win games in every single game that we're in. Like right now – I can't like the, the common denominator right now is that I haven't been able to say in, a, in the last three losses that man the defense had our best outing we just happened to lose. We're not playing good football on our side, and that's the reason why we haven't won the last three games. And that's got to get figured out, and it will get figured out. Have I expressed to you how much I love Fred Warner? He is one exceptional human being, but also an incredible football player. He's always in the middle of the action, and what a leader! What a leader! Accountability, it's on us. The defense is not playing well enough to win. And then he does mention Brock. Could he take better care of the ball? Sure. But that's the way you do it, right? It's Of course he can take better care of the ball. He wants to take better care of the ball, but this is not on him. Gosh, I think he, every time he opens his mouth, can we please put him on TV when he retires? Because he's awesome. So Steelers and Chiefs, I'm sorry, well, Steelers too. Chiefs and Niners kind of feeling it, feeling like they've wasted opportunities. Maybe taking a step back. But remember last week I asked you, which team was more worthy of worry, Bills or Niners? I would say three out of four of you, it was it was about 70 to 75% said the Bills were a team that was 
in in a worse situation. Now the Niners have lost three in a row. Gosh, I wonder if it'd be different if we asked that same question today. But what we're asking you is if your team needs a quarterback, where do you look? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The trade deadline is looming and quarterbacks, it's a mess right now. After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Power eye formation. The give is to Gus Edwards and the bus is in. Touchdown Ravens. Give us to the bus. Bounces to the outside. He's to the five. He's in. Touchdown, Ravens. The bus rolls in for six. And the Ravens extend their lead in Arizona. 2.56 left to play. First and goal, Ravens. Gus Edwards, the lone back. Lamar under center. The give is to the bus. Running to the right side. Churning, churning, pushing forward. Officials converge. No, he's on like a... No signal. He stopped shy. Half foot line. Oh, he, one came now in. Now one official comes in and says touchdown. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The Baltimore Ravens can beat you a variety of ways. I like how this team has been forged through the fire. We know they've had a ton of injuries, and yet... They're getting better in areas where they need to to be successful throughout the course of the season, like the red zone. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, Baltimore in the desert, and it's Gus Edwards, who's the star of the show. Three touchdowns, uh, one of them coming after a Josh Dobbs interception, so able to take advantage of an opportunity there. Three straight scoring drives for the Ravens in the second half, which is how you slam the door. It's how you don't allow your opponent to have any life, especially at home. And so Baltimore uh, does see a little bit of of the Josh Jobs kind of roller coaster ride, if you will, in the fourth quarter, but had already done enough uh, to pick up this win. By the way, the Cardinals successfully completed an onside kick. I think it was the first one in the NFL all season, so it took until week eight for a team to make it work. Too little too late, though, for the Cardinals, and the Ravens move to 6-2. and two. For Edwards, it's a three-touchdown day for Lamar Jackson. He has a score. He does get sacked four times, so under pressure a bunch there. But here's what I love. Here are the two things that I love about the Ravens on this day. Four for four in the red zone, no turnovers. A win is a win, but um, I feel like we need to put more points on the board. Um, we was punting the ball a lot this game. We didn't do it last week, but it's the NFL. Sometimes things, not going, things might not go our way. 
Well, that is true. But the fact that your starting quarterback is still upright and healthy puts you ahead of the game in many cases. If your team is looking for a quarterback right now, where do you find one? Where? Trade deadline is looming, and there are teams that need quarterbacks. Good answers right now on Facebook, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, also on Twitter, After Hours CBS. Yeah, it was a moment that no team or no fan base wants to see, but tougher when you feel like you were just maybe coming into your own. First and 10 at the 38 of the Jags. Pick it back, and he throws the ball incomplete. It was batted down at the line of scrimmage. They're going to call it an incomplete pass. It was picked up. And Kenny just got... Oh, Kenny... Kenny is on his knees and in pain. He just got hammered. I don't see a flag. That's the third time this half he's been hammered like that. Yeah, there was no flag. It certainly did appear to fit the definition of a late hit, and I'm stunned that there wasn't one. Kenny Pickett, he was out late in the first half, and he did throw on the sidelines at halftime. And so a reporter went back and forth with Mike Tomlin about that after the game. Uh, He was throwing on the sidelines. Was he about to come back in? And Tomlin essentially said, because he was throwing is not indicative of whether or not he was ever coming back in. So it sounds like Pickett was trying to throw, but Tomlin and the training staff were never truly going to let him back in the game. That seemed to be the bent of that exchange. Also, Minka Fitzpatrick lost with a hamstring in this game. That's Bill Hillgrove and company on Steelers radio to take nothing away from the Jags. Now, their only touchdown comes in the third quarter, but it was a doozy. From the 44-yard line, two left, three right, empty backfield for Trevor. He drops, four-man rush. Looks, fires, right side, ball's caught. Travis Etienne, right sideline, 15, 10, 5, into the end zone, touchdown! A touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Travis Etienne of 56 yards for the score! I feel like I'm always in the rhythm. I mean, I'm a running back. My job is to run the ball. I feel like I'm very good at my job. And, uh... (laughs) I feel like it's more of like a, it's more like not getting the rhythm, it's just confidence and uh, just knowing, just playing within the scheme. I feel like early in the game, it was one play, I'm kind of hunting myself. Uh, I kind of was doing too much, uh, bounced it outside when I should have just hit it inside and I would have got exactly what I wanted. And uh, I was really just playing within the scheme and just taking what the defense gives me. I love that from Travis Etienne. It's just another day at the office. I'm a running back. I'm really good at running the ball. I like that. I'm a radio host. I'm just really good at talking on the radio. It's uh, straightforward, is it not? So you get that 56-yarder on Jags Radio with Frank Frangie. And, yeah, now the Jaguars have won five games in a row. They're the hottest team in football. Feels great where we're at. Um, we also understand that we hadn't won anything yet. You know, we're 6-2. and two. We're, It's a great spot to be in. We're, we've been on a great run. and But we gotta we got to keep carrying that momentum when we come back. Yeah, every single division leader – Right now in the AFC is six and two. Oh, that's setting up for a doozy of a second half. Did I already say doozy? I think I did. Twice in the same segment. That's not something that I'm going for. Mitch Trubisky did move the Steelers a bit. Uh, He also threw a 22-yard strike to George Pickens for a touchdown. And the Steelers were within striking distance there for a bit. But he got intercepted on two of his last three possessions. They also had a failed fourth down attempt. So disappointed for the Steelers, mostly for Kenny Pickett. We don't have any idea. Mike Tomlin had zero update, and he was very succinct in saying, I have no idea uh, what the issue is, though he was declared out with a rib injury. Um, But for 
The Steelers, if they're they're without Kenny Pickett, we know their offense is even more stunted. And the frustrating part is that they were just, I felt like, were just starting to get back to that form from the preseason. Even though the preseason is not real football, it finally looked like they were confident, confident, a little more comfortable at the end of last game. And I felt like that could have been a springboard and a chance for them to take off. But instead, they're now four and three like the Bengals and the Browns in the AFC North. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.